On this episode of the Avershawn Podcast, we get into all things that was Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, dive into each game. I unfortunately have to give Daniel Jones his flowers, uh, and while at the same time giving him a very backhanded compliment. Uh, but it was a great weekend, a lot better than I thought it would be. I think a lot better than a lot of people thought it would be. Uh, and then we wrap up with our predictions for the divisional round. Let's just go ahead and get right on into it. Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of the Average Sean Podcast. Chris is with me, and uh, Chris, I think I owe the NFL an apology, uh, despite the fact that the NFL normally does very morally bankrupt things. Uh, This past weekend for Super Wild Card Weekend, it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. So what did you take out of this weekend, or what did you enjoy most out of this weekend? Sean, uh, I would prefer if we just don't talk about this weekend. Oh, why, Chris? Nothing would have happened potentially in America's Queen City or anything, would it have? I know. Still cleaning up the tears. It's all good. Um, It was a wild weekend. Obviously, uh, still heartbroken from the Ravens. I think that the Ravens deserve to win that game. I think that... uh, Okay, but, but, oh, pause, pause. Be honest with me, though. Going into that game, you especially with Lamar out, you weren't giving them a shot, were you? No, but I would be. I mean, I think that they outplayed Cincinnati. Oh, for I sure. Also, I also think that Huntley outplayed Joe Burrow, um, and so just just to see it happen in that manner, just heartbreaking, and uh, it was tough. I mean, and, and now obviously the Ravens go head first into a strange off season um with the Lamar situation a lot of people are unsure if if Harbaugh is going to be back which I personally hope that he is but um I think that the past the past six weeks or whatever it's been since Lamar got hurt is really we've seen a different side of Harbaugh he's a little snippy with the media we saw that in the what was the interview at the end of the first quarter the first half of the Ravens game and uh he was I think it was the first end of the first quarter because they asked him about a penalty that happened and he was just like very snippy response. Um, I hope he's back. Uh, but anyway, I don't want to just focus on the Ravens. Overall, it was a great weekend. Um, love to see some uh, huge leads blown, a.k.a. San Diego, or, uh, a.k.a. L.A. might be. Um, nice to see Trevor Lawrence kind of arise to the occasion even after a terrible first half. Um, and most of all, he got to finish the night with a uh, celebration uh, dinner at Waffle House. <laughs> you know, it, it just it felt right that he went there. <laughs> it really did. Um, and then, uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about since he and the Ravens keeping it close. How about Miami? Yeah, I, that's that's one of those reasons why I kind of got to apologize because I didn't give Miami a, a shot in hell of just covering in that game let alone keeping it as close as they did to be fair though they shouldn't have kept it that close because they had like four pre-snap penalties they could never get the ball in on time we'll dive more into that in a minute um now that you've given your take I'll, I'll quickly give mine 
as I said, the weekend was uh, a lot more enjoyable than I thought it was, uh, given that I did put out a blog, you know, with like one sentence descriptions for uh, each of these games. And I described the Seattle San Francisco game as it was fun while it lasted, Gino, which kind of came true. Because, uh, I mean, like, he, he held tough for a little bit, and then San Francisco said, okay, yeah, we're kind of done with you guys. Uh, Miami at Buffalo, I said, Hamlin continues to get healthy. Bills continue to roll. Uh, not quite. The Bills almost lost that. And the one that I think I messed up the most on, which I really should have seen coming, uh, was New York and Minnesota, which I described as best time to take a bathroom break and let your family know you're still alive. I mean, so, yeah, yeah. Minnesota, man. Kirk Cousins. Let's be be, before we dive, let's let's go in chronological order at least. Okay. So San Fran and Seattle. The part of the reason I want to do this is because I don't think that game was particularly fantastic. Uh Brock Purdy wasn't too great in the first half, kind of did what he needed to do in the second half. And like I said, San Francisco just decided, okay, we've had enough of you guys. Um, but I think that one ended up being a little bit of the blowout that most people thought it would be. Uh, some people definitely uh, were rethinking that when the weather reports were coming out, predicting uh, essentially a monsoon up in the area. Uh, I know I definitely took that as, you know, what was going to happen because I bet the under in that game and holy like overs weekend because there was only one game that didn't go over and it wasn't even a weekend game. It was the Monday nighter and it missed by half a point. So <laughs> that's not the only thing that missed that night. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so every game went over. This game was over easily. I mean, I, I think it almost hit the over in the first half, or at least it was, you know, very clear that it was going to happen in the first half. Uh, I still think that San Francisco is the team to beat in the NFC East. I'll get more into that later. Um, but anything in particular you took from this game? San Fran find way, finds ways to win. And, uh, you know, was it their prettiest game or should I say purtiest game? Um, <laughs> come on now. You can use that in one of your, in one of your blogs. Um, but was it the prettiest game? No. Um, but I mean, they won. I, I don't want to say it's a blowout, but it's like on the fringe of a blowout. I mean, Seattle kept it close. And, it was, it was uh, blowout adjacent. Yeah. And uh it was an acceptable playoff win. I think if, if you're on, it gave them, I think as a coach, it is, it is the perfect playoff game because they had some struggles early that obviously the coach is going to be able to harp on them um, and film study this week and whatnot and keep them kind of on their toes a bit. But overall, I mean, I don't think there was really any question. And I think it was the third quarter. They just totally broke away. Um, Gino Smith, man, great story. Um, we'll see what the future holds for him. Um, he, well, I mean, he, he set himself up to get a lot more money than I think he would have ever expected him to get based on how he performed this year. Yeah, and honestly, so, good, good for him. Very yeah, happy. For I mean, him. yeah, it's it's great when you know players actually have time to develop, and clearly he was not ready early on his in his career, and he's obviously learned a lot in all of his different stops. So, um, yeah, you love to see it. You want to root for players. So, yeah. Well, after that, in the nightcap, we had the battle of two teams who really wanted to live up to their traditions in all the worst ways, battling it out to see who could live up to them more. 
and the winner was the Chargers because Jacksonville to start the game was trying to go full Jacksonville uh, and just look like a team that had no business whatsoever being in the playoffs. Uh, five turnovers in the first half. Trevor Lawrence playing like absolute dog shit. Uh, it, at least his interceptions were kind of back to back to back. So it wasn't like, you know, you look kind of good, then you shit the bed, then you look kind of good, then you do it again. Uh, it wasn't anything choppy like that, but just a terrible first half by them. But then the Chargers decided, no, 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 we're, we're going to go full, you know, bad news bears or what, whatever sort of old adage you want to describe to them. Just charging to the max, blowing a 27 to nothing lead to lose 31 to 30. I mean, how Brandon Staley still has a job right now is absolutely beyond my comprehension. I said that that game was most likely to be the most entertaining game of the weekend. And I think that it was with Minnesota, New York as a close second, but this was mostly entertaining just because the entire time you're sitting there going, the Chargers really can't screw this up this badly. Right. Like this had, you know, 28 to three shades to it uh, where you're sitting there going like, there, there's no chance that the Patriots come back and beat the Falcons, but you're sitting there going, I'm watching another version of this just in the wild card game. It's it's not the Super Bowl, but it's, how are you guys blowing it this bad? So I I loved watching it, but I think for reasons that I kind of wish I I wasn't watching it because I I don't have anything against Jacksonville, but I would like to see the Chargers kind of get over their own personal demons, and it was a it was a bummer to see them go through that. But happy for Jacksonville that they won. Yeah, I mean I, I'm I. Honestly, I think I said it last week that I, I coin flip could care who let you know who wins that game. Um, but man, I you know I don't have words. Like we didn't have words after the the Falcons blew it in the Super Bowl. And I mean, obviously, like you said, it wasn't the Super Bowl, but pretty damn close to that that just absolute collapse. Um, I don't know. I mean, you you think about how the last two weeks of the season unfolded for the chargers um, not being able to field a full team because you know, your head coach is a moron. To play everybody. Yeah. He's an idiot. And uh, you know, my question is, and I was going to wait until after we recap all the games, but why were the chargers not leaning on their run game? <laughs> they lost the turnover battle. I, I think I know Lawrence threw four picks, but it was five, nothing. I believe turnover wise. Yep. And they still lost the game. Like that's that's basically impossible. <laughs> like I I think the part of this that is even more just confusing to me is that they weren't leaning on their run game, and Jacksonville would be down multiple scores in the second half, and still being fairly committed to the run. Uh, I was sitting there, I'm like, you guys gotta like throw it. Like, why are you running the ball? And I'm like, well, no, it's working. So why am I asking these questions? I mean, it comes back to the postseason. You need to know your identity and you have to stick to it, right? There's a reason why you made it to this far. Stick yeah. to it. Second, coaching matters. <laughs> also, can we take a moment to appreciate that wing T uh, formation that Doug Peterson rolled out on that fourth and one? That oh, was balls. That was like... One balls too. It was like football guy porn. Just like seeing the old classic lineup. You got, you know, the the big meat grinders up front and 
that, like the way they described it was like Peterson basically told him like, Hey, if they're, you know, settling guys up in the middle and focusing there, just go outside. If they're focusing guys on the outside, just go up the middle. Like you just basically made it as simple as possible. Like, Hey, we're going to go out there and we're just going to decide, okay, where you are, we're going to go where you're not. And that's all it was. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't really have words. I mean, the Chargers, man, I would say that that loss is probably heart, more heartbreaking than the Ravens loss. Taste-wise, oh, heading oh, for into sure. the postseason. Because, I mean, Cause one. that game one. Yeah. Well, it was heartbreaking the moment that Mike Williams got carted off the field because you knew as soon as you saw that happen, you're going, what are you doing? And as soon as it happened, you see their percentage chance of winning that game just drop significantly. Yeah, and you know, I think that the coaching situation, Staley would probably be out if one of two things. One, they were in a bigger sports media market. Now you're like, oh, but it's LA. That's huge. Yeah, but at the same time... The LA sports market sucks unless it's the Lakers. Unless it's the Lakers and the Rams, I feel like McVay still gets talked about more. Oh, absolutely. But that's also because L.A. embraced the Rams because they used to be there. They didn't embrace the Chargers because they don't care about the Chargers. But, like, can you imagine if this were, say, if he were coaching in New York? No, because Brandon Staley, <laughs> not not only would he not have a job, he just wouldn't have a life. He'd, he'd be dead. True. That is also true. <laughs> At this point, though, the fact that the Chargers kept him and the only changes that they made were to fire their offensive coordinator, it, you know, I think that's sad because you're basically saying the OC is the reason why they lost that game. And in the moment, yes. But it also, Justin Herbert didn't play particularly well. But this this all goes back to week 18 with the decision that uh, Staley made to keep his guys out there. He's the one who tipped over that first domino. He should go. I don't want to, you know, like ask for another man to be fired because I don't want somebody to ask for me to be fired. But that's a fireable offense right there. And the fact that he still has a job, he should be considering himself extremely lucky. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Staley Staley kind of has um, Herbert locked up in purgatory out there. So maybe at some point they'll make it over the hump and at least fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, let's move to Buffalo, Miami, because this was a game that, you know, I I definitely had circled as a, yeah, it, it probably isn't going to, you know, be entertaining at all sort of game. Uh, you could probably turn this one off early, uh, especially when Buffalo went up 14 nothing in like the first seven minutes of the game. I, I thought that we were looking at, you know, them just cakewalking their way into the divisional round. And uh, turns out I was wrong. Very, very wrong. Uh, I... Got to watch as much of this game as I could because uh, I had to go out and check out a caterer for my wedding later this year. And yeah, yay. I, you know, was trying to be a good guy and sacrifice football weekend to go take care of wedding stuff, yada, yada, yada. Um, So I I missed a a good chunk of this game, uh, trying to keep up with it as best I could on the road. Um, I'm officially concerned about the Bills. I was concerned about them before, but I am very much concerned about them now. Uh, So much so that the results of this game makes me feel that much more comfortable in saying that the Chiefs are the clear favorite in the AFC. That's really what I took from this game, other than the fact of like, holy shit, Mike McDaniel, can you get a play in in a reasonable amount of time, please? 
Hey, man, had to take a hit of that vape first. Oh, God. That's why nobody likes people who vape. They all look like douches. <laughs> I mean, take away the vape and he still looks like one, so. No comment. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was a masterclass on how to just screw yourself uh, by Mike McDaniel. It's also just a very weird game overall. Like, um, I'm blanking on Miami's receiver name, not Devontae Smith, the other Alabama guy. Jalen Waddle had a few very uncharacteristic drops. Uh, Even Tyreek Hill had a few uncharacteristic drops. Uh, I know that Hill isn't really like a hands catcher. He usually catches things against his body. But he had a few drops that were very costly. Uh, Allen threw two or three interceptions. That ain't good. Uh, he definitely is a sometimes he's like a, a button masher on a video game where he's just like, hey, some, somebody's open. I'm just going to click these buttons, going to throw to somebody and it's going to work. Uh, and then you realize, no, you're playing Madden on all pro and or all Madden. And that that ain't how that's going to go, Chief. So I don't know. I I watched that game. Um, it's also not very exciting that their running backs barely struggled to get one guy to 50 yards, even though they were splitting carries between um, James Cook and Devin Singletary. It's still, you know, like, okay, one of you guys should be able to get to 50 yards if you have a solid running game. I don't know, man. I just, I I have concerns about Buffalo. I want them to go to the Super Bowl because I want the city to get one. I think the city deserves one. Uh, I was thinking that before the season even started, but I have significant concerns about them now. Yeah, I mean, I think that if if we've learned anything about the Bills the past three, four weeks of the season with the with the Hamlin injury and whatnot is that this is a very resilient bunch. Um, and, you know, sometimes you have to play with fire to, to, you know, maybe snap back into focus. And obviously Hamlin is on the up and up and uh, all reports are that he's been at the, the practice facility quite often. So that's super positive. Um, I mean, they get a rematch of that game this coming week. And I would like to imagine that Buffalo is going to be super focused. Um, and I mean, I still have Buffalo beating Cincy this week, but um, that's not here or there. It, it makes you wonder though, if they had, if Miami had someone other than Skylar Thompson playing quarterback, they probably would have won that game. You know, I don't know though, because every time people say that you go like, Oh, well, if this guy was playing, they clearly would have won. But at the same time, if somebody else like Tua was playing or even Teddy Bridgewater, who you would think you would trust more than Skylar Thompson, the game plan is completely different. That is true. I think part of the reason why Miami was able to stay in this game was I honestly think that Buffalo just fell victims to the uh, FAFO rule of, you know, hey, you let up off the gas because you think this is going to be a cakewalk and all of a sudden (laughs) you're going to find out. Yeah, I mean... Maybe in Buffalo's mind, ah, oh, we got the second seed. We we got to buy, right? Just like the olden days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the people who are listening to this can't see me, but I'm basically just nodding my head of like, they spanked this team when they came up to Buffalo. They may have lost to them down in Miami, but they spanked this team when they came up to Buffalo. Was it a spanking? Or it wasn't like a total spanking, but they they won convincingly. And they're sitting there going, all right, we'll just run it back and do it again, especially now that they're on their third stringer. So I, I feel like they probably just got a little too complacent and 
that that's what ended up kind of doing them in. I do think the Bengals will keep them more focused, but they're also going to have to try and contain the emotion of the moment because I think Demar Hamlin didn't come to this game because they're going to have him come to the Cincinnati game. The fans are going to be going bonkers. And when they're going up against the Patriots uh, and Naheem Hines, you know, takes back the opening kickoff for a touchdown, that's huge momentum. It kind of set up in the Patriots, frankly, just aren't as good of a team as the Bengals are. So this is one where if they can contain the emotion of everything that's going on, they'll do well. I also have them winning. Um, but I have, you know, like I said, very legitimate and very lengthy concerns. All right, Chris, we got to do it now. Because if we're talking about that, I'm not going to go in chronological order. We're going to jump to the Ravens Bengals. We'll get back to New York and Minnesota in a second. Bengals are going to go to Cincinnati. They barely escape against the Ravens team that was running with a backup quarterback. Let's just get this out of the way. You you okay? I mean, it 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 just sucks. That was uh, you know, I feel like that's a play that you see once in a lifetime in the NFL, let alone in the playoffs. Um, a fumble recovery for ninety nine yards. Um, not only a fumble recovery, it literally it got knocked out of Huntley's hands right into Hubbard's hands. Like he could not have been in a more perfect position. Yeah, and I mean, I, I just have to say, you know, hats off to to Tyler Huntley. Played a great game. I mean, I, obviously, I think nerves got the better of him on that first drive. He threw that pick. It's stupid. Threw directly into double coverage. Um, but other than that, like, he did everything that we that we could have asked him to, and I would say more. Um, it just sucks. I mean, but this is this is the NFL playoffs, you know. One mistake, and, and that's all it takes. Um, furious, it doesn't describe. Um, like, both Gus the Bus and J.K. Dobbins were rubbing, running like there was someone after them with, like, you know, an army all all night. J.K., in my opinion, did not get anywhere near enough carries. He In, in five red zone trips, he didn't get a single rush in the red zone crazy right i mean i think that that game alone we would have won just with our offensive line um i just i i it makes me go back to know your identity the ravens knew their identity they knew if they that even with that huge mistake they were still in the game they still had two or three drives after that and even on the last hail mary Prochet was kind of in the range, you know, the debatable. I'm not, you know, everything is different in the moment, but man, I mean, crazy, just crazy. Um, The Ravens, this offseason is going to be weird. It's going to be very uncharacteristic Baltimore offseason because of the amount of changes that are coming. Good, bad, ugly, still wait to be seen. You know, I'm not going to dive into the whole Lamar thing. Cause I'm sure that'll be a, you know, something we talk about down the line, but man, kind of just numb from it. <laughs> ah, the dichotomy of two Americas. One of us has a franchise where the expectations are this level of height. The other's expectations are, Hey, if you can look confident, things are okay. <laughs> man, must, be, I mean... must, must be fun to be a fan of a good franchise, a consistent well, that... franchise. 
and man and that's the thing is that everyone is kind of like well you know greg roman's gotta go agreed well harbaugh's gotta go too he's let this go on way too long Mm. do you realize that even in a down year we still got 10 wins with backup quarterback play uh with no receivers uh and handled a lot of injuries early um he's consistent i mean last year jesus the ravens had even uh, the ravens were so banged up last year and they still won 89 and almost had a had a shot at the playoffs harbaugh knows what he's doing they need to get someone that i think uh they bring in a, in a fresh oc i think lamar resigns i think that greg roman is is what's standing in the way who knows what that money is going to look like? That can be a discussion for another day. I also think that the Ravens have to be in on, on a true number one receiver. We'll get Bateman back. We have three very good tight ends and two uh, monster running backs in the backfield. I don't see why Lamar would leave that. We've handed him the keys, get him an OC that he wants, and I think he'll be back. Yeah, I think that'll work. Um I think also the Ravens just need to do what the Clippers did to DeAndre Jordan a few years ago and just like barricade him in his house until he signs a contract with them. So that way he doesn't go somewhere else. Like Deandre was going to go to the Mavericks. So that they have to do that because honestly, you know, for the fan base, it's like, Oh, you know, we need to move on from Lamar. Okay, cool. For who, who who are you going to get? Who's going to be that replacement? That's honestly, that is genuinely a better option for you than Lamar Jackson, because there isn't one scheme too, because you know, okay, of course, Derek Carr, great quarterback. He does not fit our scheme at all. He's also just not a better quarterback than Lamar is, no matter what scheme he's in. Uh, I yeah, I think that that that's a tough conversation to have. Um, I, I would still side with Lamar over Derek Carr, but even looking at you know somehow if the Ravens were bringing Aaron Rodgers, we don't have receivers. Right? Aaron Rodgers is old as dirt. Yeah, well, exactly. But I'm just saying basically any other quarterback, you if Lamar isn't back, I'll say this. I would like to see him with the Jets. I think uh, honestly they have a lot of talent. Um, and that was clearly the quarterback position was their weakness this year. Um, with that said, they would uh, the Ravens would be picking up multiple first round picks for him. Um, and then the question becomes, yeah, who who do we have at quarterback? I mean I could see the Ravens trading for Trey Lance if Purdy ends up going, you know, as far as, you know, to the promised land, basically. Um, I still just see Lamar. I don't know where else he would go. Uh, side note, since you mentioned Trey Lance, um, the way that Proc, or Proc, Brock Proc. Purdy is performing, um, I think is very much an indictment on the trade that San Francisco made to get Trey Lance in the first place. That is going to look like an all-time bad trade now. Uh, but I digress. If they win a Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, but just in terms of like, if you were to look at that trade in a vacuum, that's going to look like one of the all-time worst trades because you're sitting there going, you trade all that to get the number three pick in the draft and you end up winning the Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah so... Lamar is the option for Baltimore. Lamar is Baltimore. He is also, though, a wild card because he doesn't have his own agent. And he's also still a very young man. He's younger than both of us, which is just reminding me of the fact that I'm getting old now and I don't like it. Uh, But he doesn't have an uh, an agent. I believe it's either his mom or his aunt who's kind of like his main representative. And 
having family involved is in some cases very helpful in other cases a giant risk increaser for disaster i don't know which side this is going to be i don't know if lamar is being uh, a little bit ridiculous and mom is trying to be the voice of reason or if mom is you know kind of in his ear being like no no you need to get more you need to get more uh i, I don't know what's going on here but really the biggest issue with that is thanks to Sean Watson and more importantly, thanks to the Browns for being a bunch of dumbasses because now Lamar is looking at them going, Hey, because of him price of the bricks going up, buddy. Um, but going back to the game, Tyler Huntley played his balls off. Like he played a great game for how he had looked in the regular season and what we were expecting of him and also coming off an injury. So it really is unfortunate that he's also the guy who, was at the center of their massive mistake. Uh, and Sam Hubbard, noted lacrosse guy, uh, I bet you wish that he had decided to stick with his original commitment to Notre Dame to play lacrosse now, so that way he, you know, butterfly effect wouldn't have ended up on the Bengals. But, it, you know, if you're Huntley, you got to understand, dude, you're, you're not Trevor Lawrence, you're not Justin Herbert. And by that, I mean, you're not six foot six. Don't, don't try to jump over the pile, dude. Like, you're also, you've, you're very, very quick. Work the outside. Like, you'll be fine. Uh, in terms of coaching, it is also very much an odd situation that people are calling for Harbaugh to go. Uh, because the way that you're describing is, you know, like, for them, a down year, you may hate this comparison, but it's also very similar to, like, what a down year is for Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. He had a down year, and he still hasn't had a losing season. So, again, yeah, fun, fun for you to have high expectations. I hate you. But coming out of this game, if you're if you we're looking into next week, Joe Burrow wasn't that good. He got outplayed by Tyler Huntley. And I, I understand that Cincinnati's offensive line has suffered some major injuries recently. But everybody to a degree is injured. And if we're gonna, you know, say like Justin Herbert did not play well enough to win that game for the Chargers. Joe Burrow really didn't play well enough for the Bengals to win either because you truly needed a freakish 99-yard touchdown return to win that game. It's very strange. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, something that probably isn't getting talked about enough is that since his offensive line is not great to begin with when healthy, absolutely shredded they've had three massive injuries um over the past month and man when whoever that was their left tackle went down in like the third quarter i mean they didn't move the ball at all after that um to the point where there was like a third uh, it was like a third and maybe like four and uh burrow just like basically spiked the ball because he didn't he couldn't go anywhere he didn't have time to do anything um, and that would have, I think, sealed up the deal. Instead, the Ravens, I think, got two more drives after that. So, yeah, I mean, I still see Buffalo winning next week. But anyway, we've got another game to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Minnesota and New York, that was a significantly better game than I expected it to be. Uh, real quick, before we dive into that, I know I keep going away from this one. And it's largely because I don't want to have to give the Giants credit. But uh, Dallas and Tampa, was, was there really anything noteworthy in that game? It just sucked. 
Was it the end of Tom Brady? I don't think so, but who knows? Yeah, we'll see. That FTX controversy is probably his issue. Um, But I really just kind of wanted to brush that one out of the way because I it was not a fun game to watch. I'm glad that I was doing other things while it was on. All right. Minnesota and New York. Uh, it's time. I kind of have to give Daniel Jones his flowers here. I don't want to. At the same time, while I am going to give his, him his flowers, I really, really hope that the Giants are dumb enough to overcommit to him and give him a long-term ridiculous contract because, man, if they do that, they are screwed. He had a great year, but it guys are allowed to have anomalous years. Like his rookie year was really good, and then he fell off the map. Now he had another really good year, and unless the Giants somehow, you know, equip him with a ton of pieces around him, Saquon Barkley is going to be another year older. Running back shelf lives are small, and he was a major, major cog in what they were able to do. So Jones looked good. Kirk Cousins on the other side of things didn't look bad, but he just went full Kirk Cousins and threw a freaking three-yard out when it was fourth and eight. Like, the only explanation I can have for that is that he thought it was third down. And even if he did, like, that's even more embarrassing because you you have that lack of awareness to think that it's third down. So it was a really fun game. It was a really high-scoring game. Uh, but at the same time, I was sitting here going, the only reason why this is a fun game is because the Vikings are a two-seed that nobody trusts. Or they a three-seed, sorry, three-seed that nobody trusts. It, it was, you know, obvious all season long that they were the team that was going to disappoint come playoff time. I understand Minnesota fans not believing that because 14 and three is 14 and three. But at the same time, the writing was on the wall. It was a fun game because it was a fun game between two teams that frankly overall just aren't very good. Yeah. I mean, and once again, identity, right? These teams are here for a reason. New York was really besides, I guess, Baltimore, New York, ran the shit out of the ball and that leads to good things when you can run the ball um you know we saw shades of michael vick out of uh daniel jones <laughs> which was i think there was a series in that second quarter i want to say where he ran the ball like five plays in a row six plays in a row um just insane um dable knows what he's doing i mean that's the other thing too is that coaching identity and coaching there's there is the exact reason why the Giants won. Good defense. Wink knows what he's doing. Dable's a good coach in identity. Give the ball to Saquon and, you know, let Daniel Jones have manageable third downs. And look at that. They won. Um, they've got a tough matchup against Dallas. I mean, sorry, against Philly this week. But I'm going to be honest. And I know you don't want to hear this. I think that it, that's that's going to be a lot closer game than I than people are thinking. Especially, we don't know how healthy Hurts is at this point. Um, Philly had some time off, which is not always a good thing. So, I don't know. Should we start diving into next week's games? Well, let's just. We've got about five minutes left here. Uh, give me your winners. Jacks, um, Chiefs. Who you got? Chiefs. Giants, Eagles. Who you got? Giants. Bengals, Bills, who you got? Bills. Cowboys, Niners, who you got? 49ers. Okay. We are on the same page except for the Giants-Eagles game. I think this is going to be an incredibly chalky weekend. Um, I'll quickly give mine, and then you can give yours. Uh, Chiefs. 
Andy Reid off a bye, basically unstoppable. Fun for Jacksonville, great story. Just hammer the over on this game. It's it's the largest total on the board, but just hammer the over. Giants and Eagles, you know, I, I think that extra week off will probably serve Hurts really well, and I think that it will give Sirianni and his guys enough time to kind of prepare for things. Uh, it When you've played a team twice already, you're already very familiar with them. And now you've get you've got an extra week to prepare for them. They have an extra week of wear and tear on their body. I just think that the buy is super helpful. Give me the Eagles. Bengals, Bills. I kind of don't trust either of these teams right now, but this is a fantastic matchup. Um, give me the Bills because of the emotion. It's just it's hard to bet against Demar Hamlin in that story at this point. And then Cowboys, 49ers. This is going to be a classic Cowboys game where. They beat the piss out of Tampa Bay, so everybody got their expectations up, and then they ultimately just come and disappoint against the 49ers, who are a much more buttoned-up team. Your explanations. Kansas City, Jags, I mean, you you said it so well. Jags are a great story. I think that they keep this game maybe a little closer than what meets the eye, Um, a.k.a. they're going to put up some more points um, than expected, but ultimately, Andy Reid off a bye. This is a well-seasoned, oiled playoff machine at this point um that should be an easy win uh so giants eagles i'm going with giants because basically the opposite of what you said you know um there seems to always be at least one of these teams every year and basically across all sports philly the the phillies this year were that were this in baseball um where you get a team enters the playoffs they find ways to win and I mean, the Giants that, you know, their confidence can be through the roof. And ultimately, I'm sticking with the whole coaching thing. Wink and Dable have a lot more playoff experience than Sirianni does. And, uh, you know, similar to the Vikings. Yeah, Philly had a great record during the regular season. It's a totally different beast in the playoffs. Personally, I would rather see the Eagles win. Don't get me wrong. I do not like the Giants, but I think the Giants pull it off. Um, Cincinnati, Buffalo, I think the emotions are going to be hard to handle, but Cincinnati did not look great last week. Their offensive line is doo-doo and, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, I don't expect to have two back-to-back bad games, same with Burrow, but you know, the bills overall have more talent across the board and then Dallas, San Fran, San Fran is, they're, they're built for this time of the year. I think, uh, yay, Dallas got a playoff win for the first time in forever, but like, does anyone really think they're going that far? They played Tampa. <laughs> so. I, I'm I'm still locked into Niners and Chiefs Super Bowl. I my opinion on that hasn't changed at all. So I'm definitely not taking the Cowboys. Fair. I uh I had Bills Niners, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we're still alive. But overall, I mean it should be a good weekend. Um, I do have to say though, similar to like the first round of the playoffs and for NHL hockey. Uh, for the playoffs, uh, NFL, uh, NFL playoffs, that's that wildcard weekend is just like gold. It's like that March madness, that, that first weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll wrap on this though. It, that was a gold weekend, but in terms of storylines, the NFL has got to be so freaking happy with how everything turned out. You've got new blood over in the AFC. You've got Kansas city versus Jacksonville. That's an incredibly fun story. Whoever came out of that game, Jacksonville or chargers, that was going to be super fun. Uh, Bengals, Bills, you kind of get the um, the finalization of, of what could have been based on that game. So it just feels like an appropriate ending to the story there. Uh, Eagles, Giants, two divisional foes, two blood rivals, two teams that absolutely hate each other, two fan bases that hate each other. And then Cowboys, Niners is just an absolutely classic 
NFL matchup. So the NFL is sitting here going like we, even if we plan this out, not sure we could have planned this any better. And on that note, uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, sooner rather than later, we will be getting back to doing this uh, a more lengthy podcast because I will be paying for Zoom Pro again. But uh, thank you all for listening to us, and we will see you next time. <laughs>